You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We start a new week here on the Locked On Jets podcast. It's Monday, May 13th, 2019, and this is your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com. Great to have you with us, as always, as we talk about the New York Jets. On a show last week, we talked about some of the key players the Jets have on offense and some of the questions that surround their 2019 seasons. And today I'm going to give you questions that I have for some of the key players on defense in 2019. So we'll jump right in and I'll start on the defensive line and I'll start with maybe the highest profile jet on defense going into the 2019 season. I mean, there are lots of guys you could name as potential candidates for that title, but the guy I'm going with the highest profile is Quinnen Williams because he was the third overall pick because such high expectations have been placed on him. And, I mean, the question is a pretty simple one is, how good will he be? How quickly is this going to be a guy? I, I think at the very least the expectation should be that he'll be a, a quality starter year one, an above-average player. But the question is, how quickly can he reach star level you know is he going to be a pro bowler year one is he going to be a guy who pushes double digit sacks year one I mean I don't think that those are the expectations I personally have for him but I mean look he's an immensely talented prospect he's a guy who is as talented as any player entering the NFL this year as a rookie so you know it would not be shocking to see him do substantially better than even a lot of great players guys who eventually become great players do as rookies rookie the rookie year is always kind of up in the air. You know, some guys, some guys are some guys who turn into good players are bad as rookies. They just need time to develop. I don't think Quinnen Williams is going to be in that mix. So the question for me is not so much will he be effective, will he be good, but my question is more along the lines of how good will he be? How 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 good will he be? Will he be a type of guy who's an impact player year one? Will be the type of guy who the other team is trying to figure out this is the guy we have to block. This is the guy we have to figure out how to prevent him from wrecking the game. I think, you know, the Jets would not have drafted him if they did not think he would eventually get to that point. But the question is, can, can he get to that point in year one? Can, can he be that type of player? Can he be the type of guy who just wrecks a game? Can he be the type of guy around whom the defense is built, the kind of guy who makes everybody better? That's, I, I think those, the, that's the, the line of thinking we should go into the season with Quinn and Williams with. That's the, that's the, that's the big question for Quinn and Williams. Now we'll stick with the name Williams on the defense and go with Leonard Williams. And you know, my question is, will some of the quote-unquote hidden production turn into actual production? And uh, maybe that's a bad way to phrase it because Leonard, Leonard Williams made, made a comment over the last year that he has a lot of quote-unquote hidden production. And what he meant is that he does things that help the team that don't show up on the stat sheet, you know, not, not the tackle total, not the sack total. And I almost don't like the phrase hidden production because it seems to imply that it's less important than what happens on the stat sheet, which is not really the case. I mean, the the stat sheet, the, the tackle total, the sack total, those things only encapsulate part of what a player actually does on the field. And there are things that, that players do that can be just as important, if not more important, than putting up a stat. So I, I get, I've made back away from that phrase a little bit because it, it's it gives the wrong idea I think it gives the wrong implication and William, Leonard Williams has been a guy who has been an effective very effective player at his best he's been a pro bowl player at his worst he's been a starting level player which 
may not be exactly what people wanted when they draft when the Jets drafted him back in 2015. Uh, people were talking about him kind of similar to the way they talk about Quinn and Williams today. They they were expecting Leonard Williams to be the type of guy who changes the defense. And if we're going to be fair, he has not reached those lofty levels. He's been a good player. He's been one of the best players from the 2015 draft class quietly. I think people don't realize that. If you actually look through that draft class and what those players have accomplished, there are not a whole lot of players you, you would say are better than Leonard Williams. I think he's totally justified the sixth overall selection, but he has not reached the lofty goals that people laid out for him. And to do that, I mean, I think you're going to have to, he's going to have to become a guy who's more of an impact player, not just a good player, but an impact player. Now, I think one of the things that will help him out is the presence of Quinn and Williams. Whenever you surround yourself with more talent, your job becomes easier because, you know, we, we just talked about, will Quinn and Williams be the type of guy who defense, who offenses try to prevent from wrecking the game? Well, if they are, that means less attention for Leonard Williams. It means more favorable matchups. Quinn and Williams may be drawing a lot of double teams, which means Jets can kind of pick which matchup they want Leonard Williams to get when they decide where to line him up. So the job might be made easier for Quinn and Williams. And, you know, something Leonard Williams might make Quinn and Williams' job easier because I think it, or to this point in Leonard Williams' career, he has been the most talented player the other teams had to go up against. So I think that's something that's probably dragged down his production a little bit. Not as much as the biggest Leonard Williams fans would say, but more than the biggest Leonard Williams detractor would like to admit. I think you know the truth lies somewhere between the two extremes. You know, the people who say people who are Leonard Williams detractors would say, yeah, he's just not dominating enough. Whereas people who are trying to kind of pump Leonard Williams up would say, well, he's drawing double teams all the time. Who could be productive? Well, it's, I think the truth is somewhere between. It's been an issue. It has not explained everything for why Leonard Williams has fallen a little bit short of his ceiling. So the question is now, now can he take the next step? You know, can, and again, he's, I say this all the time. He's younger than you'd think. He, he's not that old. He's still young enough where there, there could be some growth here. There could be some growth from good player to great player. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Leonard Williams potentially being a great player. Now let's move over. And Henry Anderson is the, kind of the third defensive lineman the Jets have. He's kind of number three in terms of the interior defensive lineman. My question is, can he stay healthy? And it's not so much, can he replicate what he did a year ago? I think if you're, we're talking over under, I would take the under on seven sacks. I, I don't th I think that's probably close to his max because again, I've said this, this is not a dynamic pass rusher. This is guy more a guy who who's opportunistic, who takes the advantages that are laid out in front of him, a guy who hustles, who does it more, more on effort and energy than he does on raw pass rushing ability. But with a couple other guys who are going to be able to collapse the pocket and push quarterbacks into, into rushers, there are going to be opportunities that will present themselves. The question more for Henry Anderson is just can he stay healthy because that's been an issue in his career. And in all honesty, I mean, a lot of the injuries he suffered are a bit kind of freak injuries. So it's not, I mean, last year was kind of the, was one of the rare instances in his career to this point where he's been able to stay healthy. But at the same time, I mean, the injuries he suffered are not necessarily chronic kinds of types of things. So, it, you know, it could just be a case where he got a little unlucky early in his career, or it could be a case where, you know, he's just prone to suffering. Injuries you wouldn't expect a guy to, to suffer. Well, for the Jets at this point, a, a year ago, all the Jets had invested in it was a seventh round pick. So if that did not work out, not a whole lot was lost. This year, they've invested a pretty nice contract in him. So 
there's there's more to gain. There's more there has to be more expected out of Henry Anderson this year because there's something lost if Henry Anderson's not on the field not producing. So the Jets are going to need I don't think see I don't think Henry Anderson needs to get seven sacks again this year because I, I when he came to the Jets his reputation was more as a run stopper than a pass rusher. So I don't think you know it's if he gets six sacks or five sacks this season's a failure. He's not a guy who's going to fill up the stat sheet with sacks. Another guy who's going to be have more of the quote unquote hidden production where he's just going to play his role effectively and you know maybe take advantage of opportunities that are in front of him but will he be able to stay on the field that's more my question locked on jets podcast talking defense today talking about some of the questions i have for defensive players and i think the questions that may shape the narratives for these players in the 2019 season and you know we talked about the first level of the defense let's talk about the guys who are the, the linebackers and i'll start with the guy who's probably the most talked about linebacker for the Jets right now he's more of an I mean I'll call him a linebacker here but he's, a, he's an edge guy and that's the third round pick Jachai Polite and I mean there, there are lots of questions with him I, I think the the question that kind of encapsulates everything is how pro ready is he and that can be laid out in a number of different ways it could be laid out and the, the question is you know is he going to be able to to play effectively year one is he is his game refined enough is his game is he athletic enough you know he had a terrible combine led to some questions about his athleticism that's not necessarily the combine was not necessarily indicative of his athletic ability he just had a terrible pre-draft process so maybe you know he it could, could be a scenario where maybe he tried to do something silly like bulking up to try and weigh in heavier and he ran slower i mean any of those things are always possibilities with these guys um so does he have the pass rushing moves i mean i think at this point in his career he's probably going to see the field more on passing downs i think the jets will probably try and ease him in where he's not going to see the field on a lot of heavy personnel downs heavy rundowns but does he have the pass rushing moves is he has he bounced back from that combine? Is he more athletic than he was at the combine? Those are the questions because the Jets are going to rely on him off the edge. Right now, I think at this point, he's probably the best jet threat the Jets, the, the best chance the Jets have to have a legitimate edge threat. That's, uh, that's polite. So I, I think, you know, how much can he give as a rookie? That's the question. You know, can he be a guy who gives the Jets a legitimate throw, throw off the edge for the first time in forever? This is probably the, the one guy who on paper has the ability to do so. You know, next guy I'll talk about is Frankie Luvu, and for Luvu, I think the question is how good can he be? Is he was what he gave the Jets last year his ceiling? Well, you hope not, and I think he can probably give the Jets a little bit more. I mean, I would hope he's not stopped growing, but it's not all. You know, it's not always the case that guys just automatically keep getting better. Some guys just don't get better when they're in the league, and I mean, there are things you liked about Luvu is for an undrafted free agent, his production was not terrible. I saw when you watched his film, I saw the beginnings of, I mean, not a spectacular spin move, but I saw the makings of maybe a spin move starting to develop at points during the season. So can he refine that during the season? And, you know, that's one of the things is a lot of these guys in college, they come in, into the league and they don't really have many moves because they're just so much, they just dominate college because they're more athletic than their opposition. So they don't really need to get technique down. They don't need to develop an arsenal of moves, counters, things like that. So I don't think Luvu had a great grasp on it, but you, there were points where it felt like it was starting to develop for him a little bit. And he's another guy who I don't think is, I, I mean, I don't think Frankie Luvu's ceiling is ever going to be a, a, a three down player, but another guy who might be a, a useful player in passing situations. Situations. And in case you haven't heard, the NFL is a passing league. So you get a guy, a pass, a guy who's a good rusher in passing situations. 
that's something worth having. You know, even though the, even if the Jets have Polite, you want more than one guy. You want you want many guys. You want many guys. You can oh, you never have too, enough pass rushers. So, you know, can Luvu build on what he did year one as a rookie? Now, talk about Jordan Jenkins and yeah, Jenkins has a lot of you know Jenkins got a lot of hype last year or I shouldn't say a lot of hype. Jenkins got some hype because his sack total was not bad you know he he was a guy he put up he put up seven sacks and people are saying okay well Jordan Jenkins is developing as a pass rusher I'm skeptical on that one I, I have to be honest with you I'm skeptical on that one this is not a guy who really has a ton of moves and not a guy who really I think has a ton of has the athletic upside you're looking for I mean he yeah, it's the seven was more than I mean, it's he had three in twenty seventeen, seven in twenty eighteen. So yes, his sack total more than doubled. I don't know that I'm. I, I've always viewed Jordan Jenkins as a guy who, in a boom year, he's going to have like six to eight sacks, just because he's not doesn't have not a dynamic athlete and doesn't really have a great arsenal of moves. And I just think it's some some on some level kind of a lower ceiling kind of guy. Um, you know, he's a guy who with a high floor, low ceiling. That's that's what he was when the Jets drafted him, and that's what we've seen in the league. So you know, the sack total went up. My question for him is, can he get back at, can he get back to what he was doing as a run defender? Because I thought his run defense went down. I, I did not think he was as effective as a run defender, and that's really where I think Jordan Jenkins is going to contribute as an NFL player. I thought he was a good run defender 2017, just not as effective setting the edge 2018. And I don't think, you know, I mean, look, the seven sacks is nice, but he was not producing pressures at a consistent rate. So it's not like he's a guy who really was, was causing defenses a ton of problems. He was, in some ways, I think he was kind of a, some of the, when you have a guy like that who's getting a lot of sacks and not a lot of pressures, what tends to happen is their sack total goes down. And, and you, if you go back in many instances, what you see is that the guy was just kind of right place, right time when he got his sack. So I don't think for me, it's not about the sacks with Jordan Jenkins. It's about the run defense with him. And, you know, he's kind of a limited player, but it's a guy who can be a productive player. A guy who can stop the run does have a place in the league, especially a guy who is on a cheap rookie deal. He has a place. You know, he has a role. It's a, he's a role player. And that's what the Jets need Jordan Jenkins. I, I don't want to see any more gaudy stack totals for Jenkins without quality run defense because gaudy sack total for Jenkins is seven sacks which isn't even that much especially not when you're combining it with a low pressure rate so I want to see Jordan Jenkins get back to playing quality football I thought Jenkins had a better 2017 than 2018 despite what you saw on this on the stat sheet for sacks now continue to talk about the linebackers and I don't really have any questions for Avery Williamson. I know what Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson might be the one player on this team who I know what he is. He's going to be an excellent run defender, and he's going to be a shaky pass defender. I mean, that's what he. Did. But C.J. Mosley, it's a big question there because I mean, can C.J. Mosley take his game to the next level? Can C.J. Mosley be a superstar linebacker? Because the amount, the amount of money the Jets are paying him, they have not left themselves. They, I mean, they've maximized the risk in this deal. They've they've paid they've paid a ton of money. This was a record-setting deal, in even in context. If you look at the percentage of the cap the Jets are dedicating to Mosley, it's almost an unprecedented deal at the linebacker position in today's NFL. Position that's not really valued that highly. It's a position the teams fill with quality players on the cheap. So if the the fact that the Jets paid that much money means that Mosley's got to be like a special talent. He's got to be a special player. So can he take his game to the next level? It's not just on the field. I mean, the Jets have talked about his leadership in the locker room and it, the Jets essentially are paying. They, th I mean, the, the fact that the Jets gave him this deal essentially says that the Jets view this guy as having like a Ray Lewis kind of impact. And that's, I mean, they, that's the type of contract. I mean, that's just like the type of deal the Jets gave Mosley. And you've listened to the Jets talk about him and now they're talking about all about his leadership. That he's bringing, I mean, it's like they think they're getting Ray Lewis here. 
And, I mean, if you look at the impact linebackers and linebacker, there are not many guys who move the needle at the linebacker position. In my opinion, there are two in the league. It's Keekley and Wagner. Those are the two line, off-ball linebackers, non-edge linebackers, who really make a difference for their team, really, you know, I mean, take their team to the next level. It's those guys. I mean, I, I don't think that there, there are some positions where there are just not many difference makers. And linebacker is one of them. So the Jets are paying Mosley to be a difference. I mean, the Jets passed up opportunities to add players that are bigger impact positions. So if you're going to do that, then the guy you got at the low impact position needs to be a great, great player. So that's, I mean, I think there are big questions with Mosley. Mosley took a big deal. He was given much, and now much will be expected of him. Locked on Jets podcast, talking today about some questions prominent defensive players for the Jets will have to answer. Now, you talk about the secondary, and I mean, I think there are question marks at a lot of spots. On the, aside from one, there, there are big question marks at the secondary. Um, you know, you start with the number one corner, Trumaine Johnson. It was paid like a number one corner a year ago, and year one, there is no other way you can put it. It was a flop. Year one was a flop. He couldn't stay healthy. He was bad when he was on the field. He quit on the team the last week of the season. You know, he, he was nowhere. I mean, just I mean, there's no other way to put it. He quit on the team the last week of the season. You expect a guy when you pay a lot, guy a lot of money, you expect him to be a leader, like we just talked about with Mosley. You don't expect a guy to just mail it in last week of the season and just give up. He was a healthy scratch week 17 as a result of you know his less than stellar practice habits the um, end of the season. So the, I mean, the question with Johnson is: Is there anything left in the tank? Because I mean, I looked at him. You looked at him last year, and it looks like a guy who just there's doesn't look like there was much speed left. He's a year older. I mean, I again, I keep hearing this theory: Greg Williams is going to turn him around. Well, I hope so because I mean, I don't see a lot of hope based. I don't see a lot of reason for hope based on what we saw a year ago. I mean, it was it was an ugly, ugly scene with Tremaine Johnson. I mean, Tremaine Johnson last year was essentially like the 2018 Wilkerson, who just like got his payday and that was it. I got my check. I'm taking my check to the bank. That's it. I'm gone. So you know, will he bounce back? I mean, is there is there any hope for this guy to bounce back and play effectively for the Jets? Because the Jets need him to be the Jets don't just need him to be a decent corner. The Jets need him to be in a lockdown corner. So I mean, there's a lot on Johnson's play because the Jets don't have another guy who can see uh, of the conceivable lockdown corners on the roster. I'm not sure there is one, but Johnson's probably as close to that as you could get. You talk about who's going to be across from Johnson, Daryl Roberts. Question for him is, is can he play start, starter quality football? Because really all Roberts has is like a couple weeks last year in his entire career, a couple weeks where he played like a decent starter. And that's kind of a leap, I think, to, to say that a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years like Roberts, a guy who's you know late 20s, has had to put together a couple, decent stretch for a couple weeks. That's different from saying this guy's going to be a quality starter over a 16-game season. You know, a couple of weeks, one year in your, your entire career does not necessarily make uh, you you a good player. So I mean, Roberts has a lot to answer for. Uh, there's a, there's going to be a lot there. You know, lots of question marks surrounding him. And you know, if we're going to keep talking about the cornerback group, there's more questions there. Brian Poole, and you know, what are the Jets getting at Brian Poole? Because you know, a lot of the reports out of uh, Atlanta were just essentially that this guy's a good blitzer, which not really ideal for a corner. That's ideal for a an edge guy. That's not so great for for a corner. So you know, can, can he be a good cover guy? Can he lock down the the nickel position? Can he lock down the slot? I I don't know whether he can or not. I'm hoping he's a big upgrade over Buster Screen, 
but I'm not convinced. To, I mean, I, I think that there might be a lot of screen esque play from him. So you know, can he be better than better than screen? I think that there that's an open question. I mean, I think all three starting corner spots for the Jets are question marks. Now you look at the secondary and the big. You look at I'm sorry. You look at the safety position and the, the big question there with Marcus May is a similar one to Henry Anderson. Is can Marcus May stay healthy? And with May, I think you have to be a little worried from the standpoint that. He was in, he had an injury plague 2018, but it wasn't because of like one injury. It was just like he got hurt, then he got healthy, then something else got hurt, and it all started the the end of his rookie year, that last game in New England where he suffered an injury, required off-season surgery, slow to get back, and then something else happens, and that's you know it's and I've been saying it all off-season. This I see this going one of two ways. The good way would be if it was just a blip on the radar. You know, everybody has, you know, lots of guys just have that one year where nothing clicks, nothing goes right. You're always, you know, you just can't stay, you just can't get healthy. And then there are the guy, then the other way could be where it's just May has trouble staying on the field, which you hope it's not. May could be one of those guys where it's, he's good when he's on the field, but he's never on the field. Um, You know, the name that comes to mind for me is, and I don't love this one because they're very different style of players, but remember Bob Sanders with the Colts who and May was May's not as good as Bob Sanders like Bob Sanders was a defensive player of the year and Bob Sanders was a uh, was pretty much the difference between the Colts having a bad defense and a defense that was good enough to win the Super Bowl in 06 it was it, when he came back in 06 after missing a good chunk of the season that defense got a lot better and the Colts went on to win the Super Bowl with Bob Sanders back there but Bob Sanders could never could never stay healthy um so you know, I, they're different style players, and Sanders, I think, has a higher ceiling than May, but I think that that's kind of the – you don't want him to be Bob Sanders. It's a lazy comparison because they both technically play the same position, even though they're different styles of players, but you don't want May to be somebody like that where he's good when he's on the field, but he's not on the field. And then finally, Jamal Adams, and this one I, I have a strong feeling about, but it is the question is can he maintain his level of play from 2018? And for me, the answer is yes because – he, we all knew he was a blue chip prospect. We all, I mean, his level of play from 2018 is what you should expect because you talk about positions where there are not many impact players. Safety is one of them. So Jets used a top 10 pick on him. You use a top 10 pick on the safety, it better be a special safety. And Adams was just special in every sense of the word, whether you're talking against the run, whether you're talking blitzing, in coverage not bad, not as good as the, uh, as the other areas of his game, but not terrible, not a liability. So can he just keep what, doing what he was doing? Because he, Jamal Adams turned into a special player for the Jets in 2018. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify. Leave the show a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow. Talk more Jets.